Hello and welcome to the Slow Home Podcast. This is the podcast all about slow living in a fast world. My name is Brooke McCallery. My name is Ben McCallery. Welcome to episode eight of our season five. This is the finale. This is the hostful episode. And I wanted to talk, like, my first question, or not my first question, but a question that was out there on the socials was, Brooke, what does hostful mean? (laughs) I know. (laughs) We thought of... Do we ever just... Like explain what it meant? Like maybe back in our very, very first hostful episode, right. we mentioned that we had had borrowed the term directly mm. from uh, Chris Hardwick's Nerdist podcast, Nerdist podcast mm. when he and Matt and Jonah used to do a – because it was an interview show like Slow Home mostly is. Uh, they occasionally re- would record just host-filled episodes. Yeah. And it was called a hostful, yeah. and I loved it. And I loved. I listened to every episode of. They were my favorite episodes back there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I skipped a lot of a lot of their interviews for a while there because I was listening to so many podcasts, but would never skip a hostful. And I like it. It's just kind of a bit of a. It was a download. It was an update on what all the hosts were doing, and maybe like behind the scenes, they were talking about some of the interviews. Like it was just so it was interesting just fun. and fun. Yeah. And and, and just a, a bit of a fun. And it was random too, wasn't it? Like that. Yes. It was not necessarily every season, but we like doing it every season. I like doing it every season. Yeah. I mean, last week's was sort of a quasi-hostful. Yeah. The first half, anyway, in that it was unplanned and unscripted and unprepared for. <laughs> but today is all about answering your questions because I put a shout out on Instagram last week, and as always. Our audience, you guys, you just deliver in the question category. You really category. do. Category. Yeah. Yeah. Compartment. Department. That was the word I was Department. looking for. And I said compartment. <laughs> so this is the first episode of the season. No, scratch that. Not true. It's just not true, Brooke. Yeah. Hey, let's just get into these questions. Okay. Now we're going to... We kind of want to divide this hostful up into the elephant in the room questions around coronavirus and then also some random, fun, interesting non, questions. Non-pandemic. Non-pandemic related. Because uh, that was actually the thing that came through uh, when I put a call out for questions. There were some people who have really specific questions about the current situation and yeah. what they're struggling with. And I would like to be able to talk through our experiences and, and maybe, you know, offer some suggestions or ideas mm. on that. But I also know that for me, if I see the word coronavirus, my anxiety peaks. Yeah. So I kind of I kind of also want to offer some balance to that and you know, I'm I'm a fan of some silliness and shenanigans and some random questions. So we'll definitely be trying to to hit both of those. And overall, we're going to remain very positive throughout this interview. Yes. Because we were where last interview was a bit down, everything was fresh. We had some big things and changes happen in our lives. And so this one is a little bit of a, yeah, just positivity. Well, I think, We want to just try and keep that positive train moving. Because I, I think, again, balance, as much as you guys probably know, I'm not a huge fan of the word balance as it's mm. used a lot in modern society. But I think that keeping a balanced perspective on things is really helpful. And as I said last week, I think I said it last week anyway, I am not going to be any use to anybody, including myself and my family, if I allow myself to go deep, deep down into the ditch and not come out. And the way I come out is by finding joy and laughing at stupid memes and finding like 
coronavirus satire songs on YouTube and watching them and mm. you know I know I know no, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah I get yeah. I get that it's a really difficult time and by trying to find beauty and joy and, and happiness and positivity amongst it is not us trying to pretend that the difficulties aren't happening. It's it's just us being balanced. Yeah, exactly. Let's look at the coronavirus questions first, but before we do What's the story with the tiny horse in the Instagram photo? People want to know. <laughs> little Sebastian. Little, little Sebastian. I wish it was the real little Sebastian. Yeah. That horse, your your best friend. Yeah. We met at a we so we, we moved almost a year ago. Pretty much like to the 11 day or, months no. ago. Yeah, no, we moved no. to our yeah. new town and yeah. when we were waiting for our house to settle and we were living with family and stuff and things were like a little bit testy. 10, 11 months ago, mm. we took off for the weekend and came and stayed at a hotel in the town that we now live in. And randomly, they have several tiny horses that yeah. live on their property. Different, different animals, but yeah, these tiny horses. Yeah, I mean, they had peacocks there. and yeah. heaps of stuff. Are they called Shetland ponies? No, it's not a Shetland pony. No. They, Shetland ponies are different again. Yeah. I, I'm not even going to pretend I know no. anything beyond that, but it was like a, a tiny horse. horse. Yeah. yeah. And it was very sweet. Cute, very cute, very... And anyway, we spent some time with those little horses. We spent horses. a significant amount of time with yeah. those horses, most mostly because of little Sebastian yeah, and, and Parks just and Rec. Quoted Parks and Rec movie uh, episodes. For I the wish rest there was the a day. Parks and Rec movie. Let's let's uh, hashtag Parks and Rec movie. Bring it back. Needs yep. to happen. All right. So enough of that. Okay. Enough of that. Now, there's a few questions that are coronavirus related ra- around kids and managing kids at home and around schoolwork. Okay. So, so the first question is going to be all about schooling kids. From home. facilitating that education at home. Okay. So people want to know how are we juggling our schooling commitments at the moment? What are we doing? Okay. It's a good question. And I think last week when we spoke about it, we hadn't really landed anywhere solid this week's been better because I think it's become apparent that this is going to last for a while, first mm-hmm. of all, and we realised that flying by the seat of our pants wasn't going to work and trying to distance ed our homeschooling was also not going to work. Okay, so and, and distance ed homeschool, what are you, what are you talking about? So now? when we were travelling, we did distance ed. So kind of a similar situation. The kids were set up with online learning. They had teachers back in Australia but we did all the facilitation of that. Totally different set of circumstances. But what I found we were trying to do in the first couple of weeks of homeschooling was cram all of the schoolwork into the first 90 minutes to two hours of the day to the point that I, like, I was having unreasonable expectations of the kids so that we would have the second half of the day free, which is what we would do when we travelled so that we could go skiing or go exploring. Of course, we can't do any of that now. And given the amount of anxiety and stress that everyone is experiencing, regardless of of their situation, it was adding to that. Um, So I think last week we really allowed ourselves to feel the messiness of it and also allowed ourselves to completely let go of any expectations of what it's going to look and feel like. Because you and I were trying to juggle work from home at the same time as schooling when we don't have enough, like, we don't have enough computers or screens in the house to allow everyone to to do that at the same time, uh, which was adding stress to it. So we had, you and I had a, 
a conversation over the weekend. And essentially, we sat down and we had a whip with the kids on Monday morning. Our Monday whips are now involving everyone. And it was the best thing that we could have done. Mm. I think I was resisting being structured with all of this because I was hung up on what I thought slow living should look like in this period. I thought it should look like the ultimate inflexibility and it should look like every day, take it as it comes. And to a certain extent, yes, there's flexibility and yes, we take each day as it comes. But where we've landed is with some structure. And we sat down with the kids and we asked them what they thought was reasonable in terms of screen time, in terms of schoolwork, in terms of... Playtime. All of that. Yeah, exercise. And then we made a list of things that we each thought are a necessity for the day. So a need to do and things that we want to do. So we created a schedule for the kids, which starts at nine and finishes at around two. Mm -hmm. And over that period, there are ample breaks, but there's also about three and a half hours of get in and do schoolwork. And so far, that seems to be really working. We actually all signed it. We all agreed that this was... We put our names and signatures. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And and we because we all agreed. And any time there's grumbling, any time there's resistance we just refer back to the fact that we've all agreed on this and we we also and we point to the fridge because that's where it is exactly the timetable is along with the list of things that we need to do every day and things that we want to do so that you know if we're saying come on guys we're taking the dogs for a walk we don't want to we need to get outside we need to play with the dogs we need to move our bodies this is going to get three of those ticked off at once you know Um, and we also said to the kids let's experiment with this as it stands until the end of the term And if it doesn't work, we'll revisit it. So I feel, I don't know about you, but I feel like this week has been far less angsty. It has. Now, it is difficult because then not only do we have our own family schedule, I will say, there's also schedules put out by the kids' teachers and their structures to what the day's learning looks like. And they differ dramatically in that one of them is quite detailed and it's like, times and all the rest of it where the other one is pretty fluid and loose and not as big so how have you been able to manage that in terms of the differing expectations Mm. if you like well I had a conversation with uh, one of our kids teachers last week because it became really clear to me that um, and this is not at all a reflection of what I think of the teachers because I am floored by how yeah, tremendously so impressed. they're working. Like, I mean, to have put together this whole system in a number of weeks and everything is new for all of them, all the students, all the teachers, this is all new. So I have absolutely no issue with the way that teachers are working this. In fact, I'm so I'm just so impressed with them and like proud of them, if that, mm. if that sounds... Mm. Not condescending. You can be proud of them. I am. So I, I had a conversation with her and said that one of our kids was really kind of struggling with the amount of work that looked like it was being required um, on a day-to-day basis. And she explained to me, you know, the difficulty for her is there are kids who really thrive in that structure and they really are looking for extra work. And then there are kids who aren't. And she said, both are fine. So I advocated for our daughter and said, look, we're going to focus on these priorities. And in addition to that, we're going to spend time in the garden. We're going to exercise. We're going to connect. We're going to be creative. Mm. And just made it clear that all of these items on the to-do list are not going to all get done and that I'm okay with that. We're turning up, we're working every day, but what it looks like for us and what works for us is going to be different to what works for another family. And both are valid and both are great. 
I think the key is intention. So I think that that for me has been the biggest takeaway this week is to let go of expectations, external or internal, and start to focus on what's going to work. Now, of course, the the other complication for us with all of this and probably most people listening, is that we need to work around Mm. this as well. And that's the second part of this question. So the insanity of this situation is not only are we effectively facilitating homeschooling, but we're also expected to work largely the same as what we would normally be doing. So what's your read on that whole productivity question around what, how possible is this? It's not. In short, it is not possible to be uh, working full-time from home or working your previous role from home while potentially homeschooling your children, potentially looking after children who aren't even in schooling yet, potentially working around other family members, housemates, partners. It's just not possible. I mean, you're looking at several full-time jobs amidst the most disruptive Time of our lives. Of our, of our lives. Of our, yeah. Like in terms of generationally speaking, it is unprecedented. So I, I don't have any specific advice for people whose bosses are being unreasonable other than to recognise that if the expectation on you is to keep the same amount of productivity up whilst also schooling your kids or looking after your toddler, that's not reasonable. Mm. And I think that there needs to be some questioning of that. And perhaps this is a really good opportunity to push back a little bit. And, I, would, and I would absolutely push back and say it's just not reasonable. And just paint, not, and, and that's no one's and fault. Paint, and paint people pictures of what your day-to-day life. Don't be afraid. Everyone's situation is going to be different. Right. And that's the other thing. Don't and expect or assume that your boss or your CEO or your knows, colleagues knows are knowing that, any yeah, better. Yeah. They might be in a similar situation. They might be nursing their toddler while they're on a Zoom call. They're probably just as discombobulated as you. Mm. So perhaps that is something that you can reach out to them with and come to some more reasonable agreement. So what rhythm have you created knowing that you can't, you know, you still have to work and you still have to be productive? What rhythm have you created with your with our work if you like? So our work around facilitating those the kids between 9 and 2 in their schoolwork. It's very fluid. For us, it's much more structured for the kids. And why is that important? Because I think the kids need it. Mm. I didn't think they did, but they're responding really well to it. Uh, and I'm not, it's not regimented at all, but there is structure to it. You know, it's okay, it's 10.30, it's time to switch off, go and have a brain break, go and have some morning tea, have a jump on the trampoline. And it allows us to know their movements as well. The other thing I needed to stop doing, which I also did during distance ed was trying to do everything alongside them. There's a lot more independent work going on now. And I I felt guilty about that for the first couple of weeks. I don't anymore. You know, we're available. If you need to ask questions, come and find us. There are certain things we'll sit down and do together. But on the whole, these programs have been set up by the schools to allow independent um, learning because even the kids who are at school are doing the same work independently. Mm, Yeah, exactly. They're sitting in classrooms with laptops. Yeah. So realising that has also helped me kind of take a a bit of that pressure off my shoulders. But in terms of our work, I had grand plans of getting up early and doing a lot of what I needed to do before the kids were up. Around the school hours. Yeah. 
that's not happening. No. What I've what I've decided to do instead is to get up and do some kind of self-care. This morning I did a yoga with Adrian video. Uh, most other mornings I'm either meditating or journaling. Those sort of three things tend to fill my bucket in a way that uh, working before everyone else was up would not do. And it means that I'm getting through the days much more grounded. Mm. You know, so what that also means is that I've had to completely revisit my expectations of what I can get done in a day at the moment without having to work till midnight. And I'm just not going to do that. My anxiety would skyrocket if I was trying to work late into the night. And again, then I wouldn't be available or helpful to anybody. So our whip is even more important than it has been previously. Uh, And I I really strictly keep my to-do list to three items a day for work. And I just work to do them. You know, when the yeah. kids are when the kids are otherwise occupied, I will upload a podcast episode and write a blog post. While I will while they're having lunch. Yeah. While they're having their free time, you get in and write a blog post or whatever it is. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. What's not happening at the moment is working on my book. Yeah. You know, and that's something that this week I've had to just come to terms with. Yeah. Like I can't think about it at the moment. Given that it's about how slow living will change the world. I can't go there right now. Bit of pressure on you for that, isn't there? Um, uh, yeah. yeah, there is. Yeah. And I'm, I'm finding it really difficult. Mm. Um, so instead of sort of sitting in there and like self-flagellating about it, mm. I'm just letting it go for a bit. I had a couple of really good conversations, one with my agent um, and with my publisher about it. And I feel, I just feel a bit more peaceful about where I'm at. <laughs> wow, that made me relaxed. Peaceful. Peaceful is a That's great awesome. word. It's a good word. So could you just give me your top three? So for those that are not used to working at home, not only do they have to work at home, oh, but no. then they have to like teach their kids. It's yeah. crazy. Anyway, so what are the three top tips for those people that never worked home or very rarely worked at home mm-hmm. before that now find themselves working from home? Resist the temptation to work in your pyjamas. Mm-hmm. I've found the first couple of weeks I was pretty much in my pyjamas or, you know, my sloppiest Sunday afternoon clothes. When I've started getting up, having a shower, putting on a little bit of makeup even, doing my hair, I mean, I'm not doing doing my hair, but brushing my hair, I feel like I'm ready for the day. I think that that really helps. So tied up in that, of course, is stick to some semblance of your morning rhythm. Because there's a question from Sam McKechnie that wrote, Um, (laughs) she's finding it way too comfy at home to study or work so I think that in that case and I was exactly the same yeah get up have a shower get dressed yeah you know and get dressed as if you could go out into public you know so for me that that means like brushing my hair and I genuinely have put on a bit of makeup every morning same the last couple of days and it helps massively (laughs) you think you're so funny so that helps. Um, but also I think for me I've, I've needed to resist the temptation of trying to work from the lounge. Of course, when the kids are taking up all the seating, desking sort of spaces, it's, so it's hard. It's seeing where people are working, you yeah. know, like all the workstations. Like you just grab what you get. You it's, know, like you hot, see it's like a, hot desking. You see a seat, you know. You just, just well, the kids are at the, we've got a kid at the dining table and a kid in the office. Office. So we've sort of changed things up a little bit, but you, I feel like you are the ones getting the short straw every day. I'm walking around the house. You you saw me yesterday and you went, are you in the naughty corner? I was like in this corner (laughs) of the house. Hunched over your laptop. You know, but I think sitting up helps. Yeah. 
just finding a, an actual physical position that feels productive. Uh, there's spaces in our house that feel productive and spaces that don't. Yeah. Uh, and then kind of set yourself a little bit of a rhythm for the day. You know, if you're studying, if you're doing uni, you'll probably have, I don't know if the lectures are running live or not, or if you're just watching them as mm. and when you can. Mm. But if they are live or if it works for you, try to stick to your regular timetable. You know, so turn up to your lecture at 10 a.m. on a Monday, turn up to your tutorial at three o'clock and kind of see if that works for you. If not, of course, then play around with it. But I do feel like some semblance of structure is really important, particularly if you're not used to working from home. Yeah. Yeah. Was that three? Sure. Okay. Let's do that. Yeah, let's, let's say it was. Let's say that was. All right. So that's the first question. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yep. This is my typical, quick, quick fire. Typical hostful, we, we take 20 minutes answering the first question and then all the rest. Anyway, we're under no, uh, no time pressure, are hey, we? I got no plans. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. Another theme that came through in the questions is whether you can share some learnings that are either you've sort of discovered through your slow living Mm. or that you've discovered through traveling in the year that we traveled that have prepared you for this current situation? I think the release of expectations has been really helpful. Again, I can't remember if I spoke about that last week on last week's episode or if you and I had a conversation about it. But that that ability or that practice of letting go of what we think things should look like and instead asking ourselves what we would like them to feel like has been really helpful. Not to say I got there straight away. I still went through that whole process of this is what I should be doing and I'm a good girl and I'm ticking all the boxes and look at me, give me a gold star. Um, but I got over that really quickly uh, because that's that wasn't delivering any kind yeah. of uh, ease to yeah, the way that we were doing things. Yeah, totally. you know, yeah. That was all about ego and appeasing others and proving that like I had I had it together none of it was helpful so letting go of that and that that is kind of at the heart of slow living and travel also taught us that exact they did that exact practice I think also just learning to slow down mm. and feel the discomfort feel the joy feel the roller coaster is incredibly helpful and I actually learned the majority of that through meditation okay meditation yeah. taught me and continues to teach me and remind me that just because I think a thing doesn't make it true. And just because there is this stimulus doesn't mean I need to react to it. Uh, and like that is so invaluable at the moment, particularly as I did probably what most people did in the first few weeks of this crisis, which was to dive headfirst into all the information. Like I just swam around in it and breathed it and slept it and dreamt it. It was just not a good place well, it makes to me be. So anxious just thinking about how yeah that was done in the first week or so. And I understand oh. why I was doing it. I was yeah. doing it to try and find some semblance of control in what is ultimately largely uncontrollable by mm. me. Mm. You know, there's there's not very much that I can do outside of my choices and my reactions uh, and our family's decisions that is in my control. But I was trying to stay informed by having access to all of the headlines because informed people are smart people and smart people make good choices, you know, all well and good to a certain extent. But I went well beyond that certain extent, you know, and and I think learning to give space to that has been really helpful and to recognise all of the, the work that I've done on reducing my tech inputs has been really helpful as well, even though, again, I slipped back. 
I was able to write the course there really quickly um, and really limit what I'm allowing in. Yeah. So even understanding what endless information does to our brains and our nervous systems has been helpful to motivate me to, to change what I was doing. What about you? I've got a few. Um, I think, and I think they all stem from traveling. So the year that yeah. we spent abroad. The first one is as a family unit coming together multiple times a day, because I think in the current situation, you could easily self-isolate within self-isolation totally. and like take your corners of the house, you know, living room, TV, you know, like everyone is in separate areas, but it's really a, a, a great opportunity to come together and connect as a family unit. And I don't think there's any other occasion where you can actually have really deep and meaningful conversations with one another and get to know one another on another level. Mm. Even if, you know, you'll fight during the day, but schedule that time in to, you know, come together as a family, whether it's playing, make sure you have your meals together, playing yeah. a board game, go outside playing a yard game, you know, something just to bring everyone together. It's remarkable, you know, how, so it's really important, I think, at this time. And that way you can hear what your kids are saying, what language they're using, yes. you know, picking up on some, you know, there might be some they might be worried or, or anxious or confused, but you're, you're able to then just pick up more as a collective rather than just having one-on-one -on -one mm. conversations. And I think that would be very challenging for a lot of us to be each other's worlds at the moment. I remember when we first traveled, the first month or so, you and I were like, oh my God, we're it. Like yeah, where, yeah. where yeah. we were yeah. never our kids' friends, but in terms of bouncing their worldviews around and, and yeah. finding their place and, and how they see themselves amongst it. Like we were it. And that is exhausting. If you're not used to it, I, even if you are used to it, it's exhausting. And yeah. I've had to dig really, really, really deep over the last few weeks because I'm tapped out. Pa I know you're patience, tapped out. The patience. Yeah. But we're anxious. We're yeah. trying to work around these extraordinary circumstances and uh, the kids just need someone to talk to. They mm. And we're using tech, you know, to allow them to connect with their friends and they're writing letters and all that sort of stuff. But at some point, they still just need someone to listen to them. And a lot of what they're saying isn't necessarily the important thing. It's either how they're saying it or how they're touching you when they're doing it. Or as you said, some of the language that they're using. I've truly had to dig into wells of patience that I didn't know I had um, and that's after traveling as the four of us for almost a year and a half and existing in our own little kind of tight unit. For for anyone listening who's finding that tough, it's okay. Yeah. You're not a bad parent. You know, you're not uncaring. You're not lacking in empathy. It's just really hard, like challenging as a parent kind of hard. And it's okay that you find it hard. The fact that you know you find it hard means you're paying attention, that's you doing your best. Doing your job, yeah. You know, but yeah. I do think then that having some alone time, mandated alone time. Oh, yeah, we talked about this last night, didn't we? We did, with the kids. Yeah, yeah. We put it on our need-to-do list. Everyone needs. We had an argument. We didn't have an argument. We had a discussion about whether it was need or want. It's a need for me. Yeah. And it went on the need list because I know our daughter also said it's a need. Yeah. Um, 15 minutes of alone time each, sometime during the day, is really important. So don't feel bad if you're pushing for that. Everyone needs it. If that means that your kids are watching screens more than you would ever normally let them, that's fine. Mm. It really is. If that yeah. means that they're outside making mud pies and getting filthy, that's fine. If that means you sit out 
on your balcony or in the garden and have a cup of tea or a glass of wine, that's fine. Mm. It's all fine. You know, yeah. you just need to refuel a little. Yeah. I think we need to rethink about technology during this moment, time and yes. our relationship with it. I think we need to be really soft with ourselves because I think it's really important, and this is another tip when we were travelling, is connection via video chat is so important. Emails are not cutting it. Even phone calls are not cutting it. I remember being able to see people when we were overseas, actually see them, and I know it's it's not the same and it can be so I do find frustrating it and it's, you know... It doesn't even come near and replacing mm-hmm. face-to-face. But just being able to see people, you get a buzz from that afterwards and you think about it more than just a normal conversation on the phone. Yeah, I just think that is a real important thing, especially for kids and their friends. Yeah. Them being able to see each other's faces, I think it's really, really important. Yeah, and, and think... or family members, yeah. grandparents, aunts yeah. and uncles, that kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah I agree. And I am no, I'm not a huge fan of... Connect Tech, <laughs> uh, but it's come into its own, you know, and I've always said that there are benefits to using technology to connect. We're seeing that right now. Just to add to that, actually, there are a lot of really cool um, like live streams and free video options and things like that that are being made available at the moment, particularly for kids. So, I mean, if it makes you feel better, that some of the screen time that your kids are having is either educational or will engage them in a different way. See what you can find that they're interested in. Like my kids just have done a lunchtime drawing classes with the illustrator uh, Mo Willems. And there are like there's PE classes online and there's yoga and there's so many options. Oh, like yeah. Melbourne Zoo has made all their camera live streams publicly available. Awesome. And it's just there is so much for your kids to explore about the world while being isolated. Yeah. Uh, you know, so if there's anything that your kids are particularly interested in and you think you can engage them and it could actually turn out to be educational without them actually realising it, then, you know, let go of any stigma or hang-ups you have about screen time and allow mm. it to be a new thing. Mm. Because if that buys you a bit of headspace, if that buys you an hour to go and do some work or to talk to your friend or your sister, that's okay. So be it. Yeah. You know, yeah. this is yeah. all new. Yep, 100%. There's been a few questions about, you know, what do you want to see happen after this? Mm. You know, what change? Where's the focus on the other side of this? And what way does slow play? What do you say about that? Uh, Look, I I mean, I'd love to see everyone in the world embrace slow living and intentionality. I'd love to see everyone sort of figure out what their most high value, high level priorities and values are in their lives and then shift towards living according to those. And what that means is letting go of a whole heap of the excess. I'd love to see that, but I don't like seeing people forced to it, Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't think necessarily that being forced into this kind of slow, and I use slow even with a, you know, air quotes because I know it doesn't feel slow to a lot of people. It doesn't feel slow to me necessarily. Um, you know, it feels stressful. It feels angst-ridden. It feels really worrying and scary. Um, but to have people forced to slow down in some capacity, completely reduced social lives, no longer commuting, not exercising, out of the house, all that sort of stuff, I'm hopeful that it will highlight the fact that so many of the things we feel we should do in life Mm. are not necessities, they're choices. And I'd love for people to reconnect with what it feels like to have time at home 
to have unstructured time, to have a calendar with a weekend free and to find solace in that. Like I'd love people to do that, but I don't know that this is the way to to get people there. You know, I think that on the end of this, whatever that looks like, it's not going to look the same as it used to. I, I think that everything will change. To what extent, who knows? But I think things will be different. And of course, it's my hope that some of the the slowness and all of the kindness and all of the creativity Mm -hmm. that we're seeing and all of the beauty and the efforts to see humanity in what we do, I mean, that stuff is filling me up. And if we can hold on to that, you know, if we can hold on to coming together as one to applaud healthcare workers like they're doing in New York at seven o'clock every night. Every night, I I saw that. It's just amazing to do like what the Italians are doing with their music and their dancing and, you know, hosting outdoor classes together just because we want to come together or Mm. I'd love for for that sense of community and shared humanity to stay. And the kindness and the love, you know, I don't know what slow living looks like in amongst all of that. Mm. But I don't think it matters. No. So much, you well, know. If we have a more community, con- like it's sort yeah. of if we have more connected, more intentional, more kind, more compassionate community, that's sort of what I would love to see. Call it slow or call it something else. It, it's a tough one to answer because regardless of what I say, I know it's all being built on the foundation of an incredible amount of loss and suffering and worry and anxiety and fear for people. So it's a hard We're thing for me to that. feel like super bright and optimistic about it. Yeah. But I do feel like there will be silver linings Eventually, that come through. Eventually there will be the light at the end of the tunnel and it's we need to find that silver lining. It's my hope that we actually start to value labour and, and working yes. more. And these essential services that are basically keeping humanity alive. Yeah. And on the flip side, seeing cost cutting and devaluing people and no wage increases Mm -hmm. and all that efficiency versus productivity. Like it's it's now a mute point. All those cost savings that all those organisations and big corporates have done, yeah. it means zilch yeah. now. It's nothing. Yeah, and all the, the devaluing of, of essential workers, like healthcare workers. All that. And- it's, it's, it's that cl- I would love that clarity mm. to be seen at the end of this. What's well, people and first whole, at the moment, isn't it? And a whole new train of thought along the lines of let's value things in a different light. Yeah, it's people over profit at the moment and which is totally, you know, it, it's not capitalism. it's on its head like everything's been turned on its head. Yeah. And so what I hope is that that is people don't see that as oh this is just this bubble that we're living in at the moment. No. This is what is actually helping us survive a global disaster. Yeah, I would love to believe that that's where we're going to end up. This is what we can only hope. But also, actually, we we did a we did a community chat call last week, and one of the points that several people brought up, and I couldn't agree with them more, is that it's sort of a um, in terms of people now mostly working from home, and the vast majority of us kind of struggling to redraw the line between work and home. We've got parents who are working with babies on their laps and you've got, you know, parents who are splitting their time between trying to teach and trying to work and all this sort of stuff. Leveling the playing field is the wrong term, but several people brought up the fact that hopefully those barriers to people with disability working are removed 
people living in regional and remote areas, those barriers are removed. People with young children, those barriers are removed. You know, we're showing that we're able to turn up and work in a very collaborative way, in a very human way that people, many people have just been shut out of up until this point. Mm. So now working remotely is a possibility for someone who has issues with accessibility. It's now a possibility. So for me, it's another hope that I see that that doesn't just step back and people are like, that was just a blip, back to normal. Yeah, that, that's it. Yeah, that's going to be really interesting. I can, I can see it now. Fast forward six months, nine months, however long. Big corporates in across the world are going, what are the lessons we can learn out of that? Mm. What safeguards can we put in place? Like I can just see it now and it's already driving me freaking crazy yeah. where they're not willing to look beyond their own navel. Okay, so you work with large yeah. corporations. You you work with them through crisis management and change management, all these things. Anyone listening now who works in a large corporation or who is in a position to make decisions going forward, what do you want them to know? They need to consider and redesign their business model. Okay, just nothing big. They're not going to do it now. They're never going to do it. Yeah. And and somehow environment needs to be part of every single business model. Absolutely. Anyway, this is this is. Blue, Can I just say one sky, more hope? Blue sky. Yeah, thinking. and it is. It is. And let's acknowledge that. But if a global shakeup of this magnitude, magnitude, thank you, doesn't give us the opportunity to rethink what normal might look like going forward, nothing will. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard for me to. I think it will be really hard for me to ever unknow the positive impact that this shutdown is having on the environment. Right. So we stopped flying and skies are blue over parts of China for the first time, like ever. Uh, You know, the fish are coming back to the canals in Venice. You can see to the bottom of them. Like they're really, that's a small example, but I'd be really, that's going to be hard for me to unknow. And I guess the longer this goes on, I wonder if more people will, will join me there. So what can we learn, you know, about our ability to adapt and to construct new systems moving forward? Um, But as you say, have the environment, have the planetary health at their centre. I'm I'm terrified that that's not going to happen. And that's where we need to mobilise in six months' time or whenever the time comes. That's up to us then. Catch-22, the longer this goes on, the more likely we are to see real change. Do you, right. Do you yeah. understand what I'm saying? So again, the with like the blip. this goes on, the more likely people will see and be willing to change okay. longer term. Um, well, that's my view anyway. Yeah. So let's get into some quick fire questioning. That these are, yeah, I'm very good at quick nothing, fire. I'll keep you to account that have nothing to do with the elephant in the room. Do you have any tips for new mums and slow living? This is a question that we get asked more than any other, I think, Mm. young children and slow living. What is your top tips? Okay, so for a new mum, my top tips are quite different for someone with young children. It is new mum, brand new mum. Yeah, so my my top tip that I wish I had have been aware of when I was a new mum is to release expectations. I, I feel like that is my biggest... Expectations of... Ourselves. Yeah. Of what a day will look like, of what a baby's rhythm will look like, of whether they'll have a rhythm, of how our bodies will feel, of whether we connect and bond immediately. Let them all go. Those, you know, books that you read about um, those early days, throw them out the window. I mean, look, if Read them as guides, but don't don't see them as like, this is how you're going to actually 
be? Do you know I think I mean? if like they bring just... you, if the knowledge that they offer brings you a good framework from which to kind of make decisions, fine. Uh, and I read them. I probably read too many of them and put way too much importance on the shoulds and the best case scenarios. Yeah. You know, yeah. they maybe those books will offer a whole range of what might happen. But I would look at the one that I really wanted to happen. Like maybe within six weeks, your baby will be sleeping for 12 hours a night. Uh, and then when that didn't happen, I'd feel like a failure, you know. Yep. So release expectations. But also in like I'm talking very, very early weeks and months just be kind to yourself. I mean, I know it's so hard and so frustrating when people say to you, just rest, Mm -hmm. just take time. Please believe me when I tell you that you're allowed to. You are absolutely allowed to rest and take time and to allow your body to heal and to allow, stop giving me the wind up, and to allow your mind and your soul to become to what is a new normal. It's a new normal for you, yeah. you know, and that's okay. How do you handle someone toxic, whether it's a sibling or a friend or, or a housemate, and you're trying to live slowly? How do you actually handle some opposing force that you're living with? I find that knowing why you're making the changes that you want to make in your life is the most useful tool to have when you're facing resistance or opposition or like even outright nastiness to know why you're doing it is really important because then you can say, if, if someone's pushing you, you can say the reason I'm no longer doing our Saturday brunches every week is because I've decided that I want to spend some more time, uh, you know, focusing on my physical health. And that means that I'm taking surfing lessons every week or whatever it is, you know, even if they don't care, even if they don't hear you, even if they don't believe you or want to hear what you're saying, you've said it. And with a why, with a reason, you've got that strong foundation on which to move forward, regardless of whether you have their support or not. You know, so figuring out your why, figuring out why you want to slow down, what you stand to gain by doing so, gives you kind of that, that hard-headedness to be able to either push through silently or to say, can I just let you know why I'm doing this? Yep. This is why. Mm-hmm. Can I just let you know why my answer is no? It's got nothing to do with you. It's actually because of this. You know, and I think that that is a compassionate way of presenting your point of view. But I mean compassionate to you as well. You know, and if someone is not prepared to allow you to change, if they're not keen on you setting new boundaries, <laughs> That means they probably were benefiting from you not having any beforehand. Mm. They were benefiting from whatever the behavior is of yours that you're trying to shift away from. That was helping them. And they don't want that to disappear. You know, maybe maybe you were enabling something of theirs in, in some way. Maybe you were just making their lives easier. Maybe heaps of things. And by changing, possibly you're shaking things up for them and they don't like it. For me, it's all about kind of figuring out your reason mm-hmm. and using that. How has your town fallen short and exceeded your expectations? So example of both. So the town that we've just moved yeah. to like almost a year yeah. ago. Oh, okay. Exceeded expectations. Yeah. I've found lots more like-minded people here. Okay, and you didn't think that would be Right, I didn't case? I didn't I tried not to have expectations, but no, I probably didn't think that that would be super the case. Mm-hmm. So it's been really nice to connect with people like that. Um, and in terms of fallen short, I mean. Yeah. Give me an example. Okay. I would love to some, I would love if this was someone in the community that's written this one. <laughs> <laughs> Trick jar. 
Uh, that's a really difficult one to answer. Right. I think, so just think no. about it while I say, I think exceeded expectations in that I feel like we've been accepted really, really fast. Yes. Like you hear stories of coming into communities, especially like rural, regional communities where it might take, where everyone's really friendly, but it just might take time. Yeah. I just felt like it's been quite quick mm-hmm. how well assimilated we are now within the community and how well, it's just so bizarre. Like I've never been in a place where a car goes past. I don't know exactly who, (laughs) (laughs) who owns that car and where they live. You know, like it's so weird. So that sense of community and feeling, feeling uh, accepted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, okay, smarty pants. What yeah. about something that's fallen short on? Oh, um, precipitation. It's fallen a- short. Average precipitation. Yeah. So there's no. I, I thought it would be raining a lot more than. Oh well, I is. mean, there's been a drought. Just in case you realise. I know, but I'm I'm just being <laughs> facetious. Uh, yeah. Okay. I get it. Like, so we were told that it was a very rainy place, and yeah. that it didn't rain for the first not much Six really. Months. It rained, but it didn't and then rain. It poured. Yeah. When it rains, it. Literally. What are your future plans? What are your future plans? Get through this week without losing my shit with the kids. So I think maybe like, what are your future travel plans, or where 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 do you think? Don't have any future travel plans. For the first time, I will say for the first time in a long time, Brooke doesn't have a, and collectively we don't have this grand plan. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? Yeah. For a first first time in over 20 years, I feel like we don't have, we've got like little plans, like maybe to the end, like one year plans. We don't have three or five year plan yeah. at the moment. Okay. Do you agree with that? I do agree with that. Yeah. So future plans? Zero. No, well, that's not, that's not true either. We will come back to this question because I feel like in a year's time, we may, it may be different. Well, I think it will. I mean, if I can get my book written, that is my plan at the moment. Okay, that's good. So it's as it stands today, the day of recording, the book is due to be published like March ish. Kate Kate Flanders is very interested in this. (laughs) Hello, lovely Kate. Uh, March 2021 was the initial agreed publication month. Of course, the world has changed significantly since I pitched the book and had it accepted and picked up by my publisher. But that is, that's a goal. Like that's a Mm. plan to Mm. finish the book in some capacity. I'm. And your plan is to tour that book? Oh gosh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. The world's going to be very different. I'm just, because we had this conversation say three months ago and your answer would have been. My answer would have been yes. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I we have this romantic notion of touring a book, right? <laughs> Did the last one not cure you of it? No, because well, <laughs> that style of touring definitely was probably not going to is not going to work again. Yeah. But just being able to be able to go places and see people and you know it was really nice. Oh, absolutely! You must admit, like that was the best part. It was wonderful. The conversation, the logistical that, part of it, was a nightmare. But yeah. the actual events and they People. were, you know, highlight. Yeah. yeah, and that's coming from basically introverts. Yep, totally. So it's sort of it's quite an unusual so, place to be. So you but. you think of that, and that would be nice, right? Yes, it mm. would. Yeah, I mean, I will absolutely do something with the book if it if it comes together and, and gets out into the world. It will, but. I just have so much uncertainty about what it will look like and who mm. it will serve and, you know, all of that sort of stuff that I, I don't feel like I can kind of na- nail it down as a specific plan at the moment. Yeah, fair enough. That was not a quick fire answer. I'm sorry. Any good recipes you've had recently? You made a beautiful eggplant 
schnitzel, schnitzel. which was delicious the yeah. other night. Like, feel free to just keep feeding those to me. I've been on like an Italian bent. Like, I'm sort of trying to perfect a lasagna and comfort foods <laughs> are like yep. a big thing at the moment. Comfort foods uh, and carbs. And I have enjoyed cooking. I've got to say. Yeah, you've cooked a lot Yeah, just cooking different and just trying something different. And um, Eggplant schnitzel was amazing. Slash parmigiana as well. Yeah, they were exceptional. Uh, I have also made a veggie lasagna, which is outstanding, if Mm -hmm. I do say so myself. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I've made it a couple of times and I'm making it tonight. Uh, Minimalist Baker have a really, really good black bean meatball recipe okay so spaghetti and meatballs they are really delicious like herby and filling and amazing really really good so i will include a link to that recipe in the show notes because it's outstanding also made a couple of soups yeah which i'm enjoying so comfort comfort soups yeah so a potato and anything leek and celery soup yeah um celery is the most underrated vegetable in our kitchen at the moment yeah, you're using it a lot. And what else? Uh, I made another super green soup. It was like zucchini and broccoli and spinach. And it's uh, it's a stone soup recipe or based off a stone soup recipe, um, Jules from the Stone Soup, and it's made without stock. It's delicious. Like it is absolutely dead set mm. amazing. Um, so I'll include a link to that as well in the show notes. I tried to recreate yakitori last night. So uh, skewers, Japanese skewers over hot bed of coals didn't work but um i'm just trying to do different things yeah. like uh, you know you have this and things that we've experienced you yep. know you know overseas you're traveling and, with your food. i am and that's i love traveling so i'm just doing it through food at the moment um what are you watching at the moment we uh we've just finished watching tiger king which was bonkers in a word yeah. I loved it. Must see. I yep. don't know. You just have to watch it. It's a Netflix series. It's a documentary. It is the most bizarre story yeah. I think I've ever yeah. heard. I liken it to S-Town, the podcast. Yeah, you said that. Mm, yeah. Um, in terms of it being quite a an in-depth investigation into a story with the most fascinating characters. And the footage is unbelievable. Yeah. What do you think? I've never known a TV series to have such... An enormous amount of footage. Yeah, and they go into why that yeah, is, no, you know, know, at the beginning. But, but it's just, it was truly quite um, phenomenal. And, yeah, so we've watched that. We've been watching Bajillion Dollar Properties, mm-hmm. which is a totally absurd comedy series. It's got most of our favourite, like, improv comedians and actors in it, yeah. really. Yeah. We've and just I'm started that. season three of Ozarks. Yes, that's not funny. Which is not funny, very dark, and but it's, it's a really... Interesting premise. Yeah. I really want to get into It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yep. I want to get back into that. So that's We watched the first season, I think, and then... It's up to its 14th season. I've always heard good things. Yeah. So I really want to get back in. I want to devote some, some time watching that. Yeah. Um, I'm also trying to figure out how to watch RuPaul's Drag Race yes, in Australia. In I don't Australia. know. without Hopefully without buying another subscription service. Yeah. But we've got friends who are obsessed with it and I missed it while it was on Netflix. So uh, what else are we watching? We watched any movies lately? We watched the Adam Sandler Uncut Gems oh, film that was on, a, that on was Netflix. A, that was a pretty cool it was, movie. It was a surprisingly good movie. Yeah. 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 It's not It's not a comedy. It made me feel quite anxious though, so possibly. Yeah. Possibly stick. Frozen 2, we've seen. Which I loved. Yeah. I absolutely yeah. loved it. I liked the first one a lot. I love the second one. Mm. 
there's like the song, the 80s kind of power, power ballad, ballad in the middle of it, which yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. I just, yeah, I thought it was really great. I'm a bit of a Disney sucker anyway, but it's one of my favorites in a long time. Uh, we've been watching... The Imagineering story oh, on Disney, Disney Plus. Plus. Yeah. That's good. That's like yeah. just. Good, a, wholesome. It's very wholesome. Yeah. It's really wholesome. Entertainment. And it's a nice, and like similarly. I don't know. Like Disney, there's a lot of stuff on there that you can watch as a family, yeah. which is really nice. When we do have our time where we will watch something together, but the kids are even thrive. Like they're just, oh, can we watch something with you? So together. Yeah. It is often uh, Disney Plus. Yes. And, and we're plus watching. We're huge Disney files, so it's nice to watch the Imagineering story because. You know, where we can talk about our time there. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Which seems so far away and so unattainable right now. Yeah. Okay, that's a funny thing, though, because it sort of leads me into the second part of my answer for this question. The world feels... Typical quickfire answer by you. Yeah, smashing it. The world feels, at the moment, simultaneously very large in that even if we wanted to... We couldn't. ...to go somewhere, we couldn't. Yeah. And our friends in Canada, for example, feel like they're on the moon. Because there is no way that we can connect. There's no possible. But at way. the same time, it feels smaller because so many of us are connected by this common experience. Wow. You know, everyone yes. in the world pretty yes. much is affected in some capacity by what's happening. And there's shared humanity there, which brings everything closer. And technology is helping that to be the case. Like, second part of my answer to that question is we've been watching a lot of live streams. We had like some, we have Sunday morning dance parties because Shred Kelly, our favorite band from, and they're in Fernie in uh, BC in Canada. They have put on streaming these. Yeah, like like, last week they had a cocktail party and they invited friends onto their Instagram live and they just played songs. The week before they they recorded a like a YouTube live stream of just the two of them, so like a stripped down version of the band uh, from their driveway. And, you know, their neighbours were kind of in the background clapping and cheering and people up on the roof behind them and she had a baby on her back and, I don't know, that felt really intimate. So there's a there's a lot of live streaming happening as well. Like Jack Johnson jammed with his family from his living room last weekend and I got to watch that. What other – have you watched any live streams apart from music? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I know yeah. there's several podcasts that have been recorded oh, so by, like, couples. Yeah, so on to listening now. Those yeah. couple podcasts, Paula Tompkins and his wife. Janie uh, Haddad. Yeah. And, um, oh, Kamal and, and Emily, and yeah. And Emily, like they're doing and it's a very unique way of, I don't know, and they're cool. I really like it. I'm also listening to a lot of podcasts, a lot of comedy podcasts, a lot of music at the moment. Yeah. Just listening to... I don't know, I feel like there's a lot of listening going on. There's a lot of creativity being put into the world, uh, which I think is a wonderful byproduct Mm. of where we're at. You know, Mm. it's people's attempts to connect and to convey where they're at, but it's also just a please, let's come together. Like people are really lacking and missing that sense of community, so let's come together in some form and corral around this thing. Trying new things. I love it. Yeah. Creativity. Or even just listening to new things. I mean, I was listening to jazz the other day, like some pretty, you know, awesome jazz. Brooke's looking at me like there's no such thing. Oh, no, I like jazz. I just didn't like what you were listening to. Anyway, like, so I just wanted to try different things. I'm going back and listening to, like, punk. It's. I think it's a great opportunity just to experiment, listen and create and do things differently Mm. because you're going to get bored if you don't. (laughs) Yeah. What are you reading at the moment? Uh, I've just finished Scrublands by Chris Hammer. It's an Australian book. 
which was given to me by your dad, actually. Mm-hmm. And I quite enjoyed that. It was a mystery. And I'm reading a book that our daughter recommended to me. <laughs> we often swap books, obviously, appropriate books, uh, called A Mal Unbound which I've only just started. And she said, highly recommend, Mum. It's one of my favourite books of the year. So uh, I'm reading that. Uh, where else am I reading? That's about it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I try to read one book at a time. Yeah. If I'm reading a non-fiction book, I can also read a fiction book at the same time because I can't read non-fiction at night. Mm. Even if it's, a, if it's an autobiography, I can't do it. Well, no, it's so weird. Like I, I read Michelle Obama's book a few weeks ago and for the sleepless. two weeks that I read it, I couldn't sleep. And it's not because I was like, hanging on... You know, well, on no, edge. Not of, that like, good. Well, it was great, but uh, you know, I wasn't mm. kind of oh, no. upset yeah. by it or set on edge, and I still couldn't sleep. Fiction, though, I'm out. What okay. about you? what I are you reading? As well. um, Testaments. Yeah. Yeah. So I nearly finished that. So I'm I'm working my way through that, and I'm I don't know. I'm looking. I want to read a book that you haven't read. That'd be nice. Okay. All right. Doesn't well, I think our little often. local bookshop is doing, they're setting up a um, home delivery book service. So yeah. maybe you could find something. Choose a sports biography. I won't read it and I won't have read it. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. But that's my goal is to be able to read something that you haven't. Okay. Good luck. Let's say, let's finish with this. Can you just name a small joy? What's something small that's giving you a lot of joy right now? My garden. Okay. Like just accept the snails. They're not giving me joy. I've lost, I don't know, 30 seedlings in the last few days to snails. If anyone has any dog-friendly, preferably organic solutions to keeping snails away from seedlings, please let me know. Please, 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 because I am pulling my hair out at the moment. Uh, But I digress. I'm getting a lot of joy from the garden, you know, from the flowers that are popping up. We still haven't been here for a full year, so there's things blooming and growing and changing colour that I have not seen yet and I love the discovery of it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Mowing the lawn every second day. (laughs) There's your alone time. (laughs) Put a podcast in, meditative or otherwise, and just mow the lawn without the... uh... The actual mowing part going. You just, you're basically riding just your riding lawnmower my, around no, the yard. No. Uh, <laughs> it really is. I loved getting back into the garden on the weekend. It's giving, you know, getting dirt. Like I love that feeling of working in the yard all day and then having a warm shower and you just this body tiredness, tiredness yeah. slash glow that you feel. And it happens when you like exercise for a long period of time as well. Like it's just that fi- doing any physical activity for a long time gives you that real nice feeling. It does. It's a beautiful feeling. And you come inside and you watch Gardening Australia. It's awesome. Obviously. Obviously. So I think that's that's it. That's us. That's our hostful. That's season five. It is. So just before we say goodbye, a little bit of an update, I guess, on where we're at for season six. So we had planned on taking a month off as we do between seasons, but we're probably going to bring that forward Mm. for season six. Season six will be a bit more fluid than a normal season. Yes. We will say that. We're not going to sort of stick to a particular structure or promise things will be a particular way because my plan was always to bring uh, the show format back to interviews and I've already recorded a few interviews, which I'll bring to you as soon as I can. And they're fantastic. And they are all really relevant to where we're at at the moment. But beyond that, 
it's sort of a very unknown situation. So bear with. Yeah, bear with us while we settle into this new temporary normal. Live streams. Yeah. So we have been hosting community chats uh, most weeks. Most weeks. We've done it twice. (laughs) But I'd like to be able to, to do that most weeks. Typically, we do it on a Friday sometime our time so that we can shift it around a little bit for people in all different time zones to join us. But if you're interested in coming in and just chatting about anything at all, it doesn't have to be pandemic related and it doesn't have to be slow living related. Just come in and, you know, we'll we'll sort of see where that leads us. And we've also decided to bring the Slow Beginnings Retreat forward. So the plan was always to start that sometime late May. I know people are at home, may or may not have extra time on their hands, but I've had a lot of requests to bring the retreat forward. So if you head over to slowyourhome.com slash beginnings, and I'll include a link to that in the show notes as well, you can find out more about the retreat. But in a nutshell, it is a six-week online guided retreat. Each week we have a video lesson. There is homework tasks. There's a live yoga class every week and guided meditations plus a live video call every week. And essentially it is designed to bring people together who are looking to either begin their slow living journey and and lay a strong foundation of slow living uh, or people who have maybe fallen off the slow living bandwagon and are looking to, to restart. And what you'll get is community collaboration, accountability, and, you know, the coming together of a like-minded group of people. So head over to the website and check it out. And, um, yeah, you can you can secure your spot now, and I can't wait. I cannot wait to get yeah. started. So we can't wait for slow beginnings. Pretty appropriate, isn't it? I guess so. That's it from us. I hope you've enjoyed our hostful. I hope you now understand what we mean by hostful as well. A lot of quick fire, quote unquote, answers from me. Yeah, I, I hope you have a, a, a fantastic week, and we will be back in your ears as soon as possible. Stay safe. Stay positive. Stay kind, stay gold. Who is that? Hi, Puck Pass.